0: Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and today I'm going to be sharing 10 of my favorite learning lessons, tidbits, whatever you want to call them from, uh, this is episode number 20, so this is actually looking back at our our first 19 episodes. Uh, We've had some amazing guests on here and just so many nuggets of wisdom that were shared, and we have a lot of new listeners, and I want to be sure to highlight some of these from our earlier episodes, starting with episode one, because when I started this podcast, I really wanted to bring the heat in the first couple of uh, episodes and just provide a ton of value, and that was uh, that was our attempt, and I think we did a great job at that. So I want to share my top ten in the first nineteen twenty episodes of this podcast. Uh, so number one, this is actually from episode number one. We had Elevars VP of Engineering on, Thomas. And we went really deep into essentially server-side tracking. So conversion API, quote-unquote, versus client-side and just pixel tracking. And one of the big things that you'll hear throughout that episode and which continues to stand out to me as something we monitor is why we still see many marketing channels that are hesitant to go full server-side tracking. And by full server-side tracking, this is They essentially sunset the pixel and remove the need to have their JavaScript running on their website, which many of our customers want and need just for site speed performance and go full server side. And a lot of that has to do with the dirty word fingerprinting, uh, because all of the data that their pixels can capture from users browsing the site, and then use that to better optimize. Obviously a lot of nuance here, it could be they're just not ready to uh, go full server side and be able to optimize And obviously, make your dollar turn into three, four, five, six dollars through better targeting, reporting, etc. But that was uh just Thomas went really deep and just dropped so much knowledge on the history of trackers and where they came from. And I think if you have not listened to that, I highly recommend it because it goes really deep into the world of the conversion API and trackers in general. Number two, this is was also episode number two, and this. I shared why affiliates struggle with a lot of the same, so affiliate trackers, so think impact radius, share, sale, et cetera. But a lot of these affiliates share some of the same issues that Facebook and other of the bigger channels, so think Facebook, Google, TikTok, et cetera. But let's just talk Facebook since they were really the, the, the darlings of the news with the conversion API and iOS and all of that. But in any case, affiliate, tracking sees a lot of the same issues that Facebook uh, has been seeing. And that's there's just a general decline in signal that the pixel or tracker is picking up. So for many affiliates, the old way of setting up tracking was JavaScript based. So it was adding in a JavaScript snippet, either through GTM or in your thank you page settings, and then sending that data to the affiliate. The problem is those affiliates they see the same gaps in tracking that Facebook was seeing for so long. It could be from browsers blocking trackers by default. It could be through ad blockers, which was another episode, or just general issues and phone and app uh, constraints that, again, Facebook and other channels have been facing. So that was episode two. It was all about affiliate tracking, seeing the same issues. And ultimately, we shared a customer story of how one customer potentially lost a couple hundred thousand dollar contract due to frankly just an affiliate that wasn't getting paid as much as i thought they should be because they were missing you know 20 30% of their transactions and threatened to uh, cancel their contract so that was episode number 2 now let's go to episode number 3 which is also le- uh, best of number 3 and this is in short it's just thinking about subscription brands and essentially don't sleep on event tracking in your portal so if you sell subscriptions and you have a portal and you have potentially different interactions like pausing, editing, subscriptions, et cetera. Um, this one I, I spoke about how to go about setting up event tracking inside your portal, ultimately to help, help you get more signals to prevent churn before somebody actually goes through the process of canceling. So I shared some examples of behaviors that customers might be doing inside the portal that you could then trigger outreach to customer, uh, via customer support, whether it's through a chat or an email or potentially a phone call. But anyways, just looking for the signals that someone might be doing that uh, could ultimately be a leading indicator to them churning or canceling at a future date. So that was in episode number three, and all about subscription brand event tracking. My best of number four, and also in episode four, these are going in order if you haven't figured that out so far. Uh, this one, we I spoke a lot about GTM server side tracking and, and specifically the server side container type that's connected to Google Cloud. And as if you aren't familiar with Elevar and what we do, we've been utilizing the GTM server-side container for a couple of years now, and we have many customers that are up and running and utilizing that. However, we also have server-side tracking that does not require a Google Cloud account. And primarily that came out of just the learning lessons that many of our customers had, that owning... And managing a server side container, which is connected to Google Cloud inside GCP, does have responsibilities that you need to maintain that account. You need to pay for it, and you need to potentially upgrade it and do many other things. So, this was an episode where I shared and opened up the hood on all of the pros and cons that we've seen over a couple of years just from using the GTM server side container type and what we've heard from our customers. So, a great episode if you are aren't totally familiar with. Server side container within GTM. Best of number five was with our very own John from the L of our team. And this, this particular episode, we went through headless analytics. And John is our internal guru on headless tracking and headless analytics and has implemented many, many over the past couple of years. And this, he, in short, this one, if you, let's say you're planning on launching a headless site sometime in 2022. Or 2023, the biggest takeaway I can have, or suggestion I'd have for for you from this, and from our experience over the last three to four years, is don't assume that tracking is going to be accurate and working when you go live. Always assume it's going to take a significantly longer time to get your tracking right across all channels. This isn't just GA or Facebook. Think about all the tracking you have. So, Klaviyo, and you want to have abandoned cart or abandoned product views, things like that. Uh, many times we see things, uh, we see those type of, of trackers missed during a setup. And it's one of those things that you may not notice it right away until you start digging in post-launch and see your email channels dropped and you're just missing on some of these events that previously with your Shopify theme or Klaviyo just it's basically a set it and forget it. It's not the case with headless sites. So we shared a lot of learning lessons and things to consider uh, if you are going headless. And uh, long story short with that one. Don't wait until day, day, day of launch or post day uh, or post launch to QA and make sure all of your tracking is accurate because uh, more than likely it is not. Best of number six. This was from episode eight and this was awesome. This was one of my favorite episodes today. It was, it was with my friend Matt at Inquire Labs. And just uh, so much knowledge shared and just going back and forth on uh, qualitative versus quantitative data. But the one story I'll share that hopefully will encourage you to listen to the entire episode was how one of their customers used a survey question, not in the how did you hear about us just to help them with attribution, but they actually were, were asking what they were what. So this thing about customer, the brand has this question. What are you using our product for? And the customer, so they, uh, the brand sold car wash for dirt bikes. They ran the question post-purchase, what are you using our product for? And they learned that the majority of their customers were actually families using it for their ATVs. So the brand up until that point was running all of their marketing using dirt bikes. So it was all, they're speaking about dirt bikes and dirt bike images. And they learned that, yeah, I don't know what the exact number is, but He said the vast majority were using them for ATVs, so they just completely swapped out all of their creative and copy to focus on ATVs, and then their ROAS just exploded. So that was just one nugget from, again, episode number eight with Matt at Inquire Labs. Highly recommend that one if you haven't listened to that episode yet. Best of number seven. This was my GA4 episode, and this was episode nine. And this was a couple days after the Google announcement that they uh, shocked everyone saying that Universal Analytics is sunsetting next July. And you'll essentially, you won't be able to send any more data there. And shortly after that, you won't be able to access any of your historical data. So this is obviously putting a lot of pressure on essentially everybody that has Google Analytics on their site to get GA4 in a place, or frankly, just looking at how you are utilizing your analytics or potentially not utilizing your analytics to work for you and in driving insights. So I shared 10 learning lessons on that episode from the GA4 announcement, but a couple of the big call-outs here. One is just the the biggest issue of the ease of use of GA4. It's just not really conducive to popping in, looking at a couple of reports for you know 10 or 15 minutes to find what you're looking for. It uh, just requires a lot more legwork to get set up and running. And then the other one was, I just talked about how this is likely just going to be a bigger push to brands to own their own data warehouse or data warehousing solution to visualize their data outside of GA4. A simple one could just be Data Studio or it could be using a service like Dacity or potentially building out your own data warehousing and visualization using Looker or other tools like that. So that was a great one if you um, aren't totally familiar with GA4, the announcement, all the nuances that goes into it. Best of number eight, this was in episode number 10 with Ron at Rockerbox, and I really enjoyed this one as well because uh, Ron and his team, they just have so much experience with just big data analysis, big brands. Yeah, you know, I think uh, his quote was, they... Their ideal customer profile is, you know, brands that are going from seed to IPO. So, you know, Figs and Rothy's and uh, there's some other big brands they work with. But in any case, he really helped educate everyone that listened to the episode, including myself, on uh, things like OTT, connected TV, podcast, other offline channels. So essentially how to measure beyond Google and Facebook. And again, Ron being technical uh, at his core just shared so much amazing knowledge. So if you are interested in getting uh, your own marketing, tricks, insights, etc., outside of Facebook and Google and just looking at your cross-channel attribution and measurement process and how to think about building your in-house data teams, that's a great episode for you to, uh, to dig into. So that was episode 10 with Ron at Rockerbox. Best of number nine, This was another solo one with yours truly. And this was episode number 14, why Facebook still over or under reports. I think I had seven reasons why it may under report and four, why over reports. And the main issue that we still see from many of our customers is just a confusion on when Facebook attributes conversions. So a good example that individual we shared from Common Thread Collective that they put out a while back was It just goes through like a looping video or GIF of the way it used to be Uh, on the Sunday. Somebody clicks an ad and then that person ultimately purchases on Wednesday. That conversion value gets uh, essentially attributed back to that uh, campaign on Sunday. Post iOS 14, that same, if we go through that same process, that conversion value that happened on Wednesday gets attributed on that Wednesday, it does not go back to the the day of the click or the view. So that uh, the one of the examples there is, let's say you turned off all of your campaigns on Tuesday because you weren't seeing any performance. So then then you have no spend happening on Wednesday, but you still get, still get conversion values coming through on Wednesday. That is one of the big uh, big examples or big ideas that they shared and that we pulled out into one of the many reasons that we see Facebook. And I should. Put in quotes. So the the under or over reporting is typically what we'll hear from our customers. Of why is Facebook over reporting for this day or this period, or under reporting? And uh, sometimes it's there are issues set, there are issues with the actual tracking. Sometimes it's just a change in the way that Facebook is able to report, and other times it's just Facebook. It is what it is these days. It's not as cut and dry as it used to be. All right. So my last best of the first 19 episodes a short one a more recent one episode 16 all around ad blockers and i think the stat just in one sentence here 43 percent of worldwide internet users are using some sort of ad blocking that's just crazy to think about it and if uh, there's a a great link that we included to backlinko that would give you full breakdowns by country. So you can see US I think was roughly in the middle, like 25 to 30% and you had other countries, like uh, I think India was 50 plus percent, Canada was 35 to 40%. But anyway, it's just a lot of interesting data to dig into and ultimately it's, it's one of those, one of the reasons why I have this podcast because there's so much change going on in our industry with conversion tracking and event tracking and just data collection as a whole. And as more of the world pushes to using ad blockers for privacy, it obviously has a direct impact on our customers' ability to just set it and forget it in terms of their data collection and tracking for Google Analytics, Facebook, TikTok, any other channel that they have up and running. So that is the best of from the first 19 episodes. If you are a new listener, I appreciate you uh, jumping on board and hope that this was helpful just to give you a quick summary of a few of our earlier episodes that might interest you if you have not had a chance to go through and listen to all of the episodes and just binge on a Conversion Tracking Playbook podcast on a Friday night, which sounds amazing to me, but for most of you, maybe not as much. So I'll have these call-outs in the show notes. And if you have any feedback, questions, suggestions on future episodes, Just shoot me an email, brad at getelevar.com, and I'll see you next time. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week, so be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.